Giddy up indeed as we start another edition of this Tom Green podcast. It's an MLB edition, and as always, we are cracking open another edition of the Tom Green pod. Even though my buddies that I just brought on were talking about it, it's Diet Coke, so let's not worry, let's not worry about that too much. And bring in the two Scorecrow, um, the two most interesting men in the Scorecrow. We first start with our pizza guy. Joe Ricotta, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's up, Tom? Thanks for having me. Oh, definitely. Okay. At some point, I'll have to. We'll have to do this at some. At, at maybe your pizza joint there in um, <clears throat> uh, Rockford, <laughs> or maybe just yeah. to Giordano's or something like that, and do have some pizza while we record. Yeah, we just can't cut it with scissors. That's the thing in an off in an off air conversation. We found a Facebook post about cutting pizza with scissors. It's like, really? If you're if you're gonna cut it with scissors, at least at least cut it with those kid scissors so that you can embarrass yourself even more by the sheer fact that you're cutting something with scissors. Um, I like that you said the sheer fact. <laughs> I was thinking that. I'm like, what well, he said, sheer scissors, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> very good very nice well done <laughs> and of course we bring it we've we bring in the most interesting score crow in the world we brought in the pizza guy now we bring in the vodka guy no 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 <laughs> <laughs> dark liquor dark liquor <laughs> righty, fair enough dark liquor johnny black welcome back thanks for having me tom <laughs> We're doing great, and I'll and I'll say before we get started, two very quick shout-outs. One to the mayor of Badax, Michigan, Kathleen Partika. I covered a meeting with uh, WLEW this week for the Badax City Council, and she commented that I was doing a great job with the show uh, with WLEW. And Bob McLean, who is the Huron County Planning Commission supervisor, also said I was doing a great job. So I'm getting some community support. Here in the thumb of Michigan with the radio station. But so far, things are going well for me. So, moving to this Hall of Fame MLB edition. No, we did not enshrine Joe Ricotta or Johnny Black to the Hall of Fame. Maybe next year. We're trying. We're trying. But, um, if you want to start a Scorecrow Hall of Fame, obviously Johnny's the leader, so he's in there. Joe is in there as well. He got the Scorecrow Hall of Fame. <laughs> but our real inductees in the Hall of Fame were Larry Walker and Derek Jeter. So we'll start about that. Um, any thoughts on that? We will start with, um, we started with Joey introduction, so we'll start with Johnny with the thoughts. Hall of Fame. Well, Jeter, obviously Jeter wasn't a surprise. I mean, it was pretty much, you know, the only question was whether it was going to be unanimous, just like Mariano was last year. And there is, there was actually one person that didn't vote for him. Was it you? Is, it would have been me if I had a vote, as my article stated why I wouldn't have voted for Jeter. And actually, a lot of comments I got from posting that article were, about, I'd say about half the people agreed with me. Because there were more than 10 people on this ballot. In my opinion, there were about 14, 15 players on this ballot that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. 
And the bottom line is, when you have that many players, when it's that filled up like that, the way it is now, Derek Jeter didn't need my vote. So why would I vote for him? I prefer to use that vote for someone like Larry Walker, who was the last, who's his last year of eligibility, and he needed just about every single one of those votes because he made it by six. And someone like Bobby Abreu, who deserves to get a serious look, but on a packed ballot like this, someone like him could very well could have very well fallen beneath the five percent threshold to stay on the ballot, and he could have been a ballot casualty basically. So. Those two players definitely deserve it. I, I mean, I think Larry Wilk is a Hall of Famer anyway. Bobby Abreu is questionable. You know, I understand the arguments pro and con. I think, personally, I would vote for him anyway, but that's just me. You know, and I think he deserves a deeper look into his stats and what he did during his career. And the other guys, I mean, I understand if you don't vote for PED guys or whatever. I understand if you're going to invoke the character clause also. But like someone like Schilling, or okay, that's fine. Then be consistent with it. Then don't vote for Bonds, Clemens, Andrew Jones, Kurt Schilling, Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, like any of those guys. Then I understand that take. Uh, that's fine. You know, I'm not arguing with it, but be consistent about it. The selective outrage with certain players is is wrong, in my opinion. Personally, I don't care about PEDs. I really don't care. I look at what the players did on the field, and that's what I'm looking at. So, Jeter and Walker to get in, that's great. They both deserve it, obviously. Um, I would I would like to see you – know, Schilling made a jump this year. He's at 70, he was at 70% this year. He's got two more years on the ballot. I think he's going to make it. Um, Bonds and Clemens, still at 60 61%. They only have two more years also because they came on the ballot the same time Schilling did. I just don't know if they're going to make that jump. A lot of it, I think, is going to depend on the newer voters coming in the next two years and getting rid of the older voters. Because the older voters are the ones that tend to be more gatekeepers as far as no PED guys, none of that, the small hall, stuff like that. I always want to mention you got the hashtag, keep the hall small, guys. Yeah, yeah I, whereas the newer guys look more at the actual numbers and understand that that was an error in baseball. They allowed PEDs. There was no testing for any of this stuff anyway. I mean, they they wanted it to happen. I mean, basically, and the fact that Bud Felix in the Hall of Fame, he oversaw all this, where is his accountability for any of this? You know what I mean? So if he's in the Hall of Fame, and he allowed this all to happen, uh, you know, I, I could see the argument. I think Sosa's borderline anyway, even with the PEDs. Manny Ramirez was one of the best right-handed hitters I've ever seen play. He was an incredible hitter. Granted, his fielding base running Manny, he was Manny being Manny, but, you know, I can go into arguments about each one of these guys. Sheffield was incredible. You know, like, but Bonds and Clemens are a step above. I mean, Bonds is arguably top three player of all time. Fielding, speed, power. I mean, the guy's numbers are up there with Ruth and Williams, honestly. I mean... How can you not put him on the Hall of Fame? He was Mike Trout before Mike Trout. People talk about Mike Trout the first eight years of his career. Take a look at the first eight years of Bonds' career. I'll tell you right now, the first ten years of his career, he had 292 home runs and 340 stolen bases. In his first ten years in the major leagues. So, basically, yeah, a 30-30 season in your first ten years. Like, I mean, I was, you know, he, he, and at that point, he already won a couple MVPs and three gold gloves. 
I mean, I, you don't get much better than that. So, I mean, all the newer generation now looking at Trout and being like, Trout's amazing, which he is. Trout's unbelievable. Trout's amazing. You know, I remember back in 86 when Bonds came up and what he did with the Pirates all those years. And when he went to San Francisco and first year in San Francisco, led the league in home runs, you know, in 94, this was, you know, he was Trout before Trout. So for anyone to say that he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, your only argument is PEDs. Very, very good points. Uh, Joey, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I pretty much agree with everything Johnny said, and uh, I'm I'm one of those people who wouldn't have had Jeter on the ballot this year. And I know it sounds crazy because a lot of people see that and they think, well, what do you mean? You don't think Jeter's a Hall of Famer? Well, no, it's not because I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He's hands down a Hall of Famer. But as Johnny alluded to in, in his article, um, it's kind of more of a strategic game. I mean, you like he was talking about Bobby Abreu and, and all those guys. I mean, I, I probably don't have 14 guys that I want to get into the Hall of Fame on the list, but I have 12, you know, and as long as they're there and guys like Bonds and Clemens aren't in and Sosa needs a push, you know, when you vote for Jeter, when you know that he's getting in, you know, it's not only are you taking the percent away from somebody else if you are voting for the max of 10, but you're putting it towards Jeter, which in hindsight hurts, you know, putting the percentages up for somebody else, you know, even, you know, taking it away and, and adding it to somebody else. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Jeter definitely like, and but somebody, people want to give uh, the rings, you know, more weight and stuff like that. And it's not just the rings. I mean, he's a, he's an all time hitter too, for the, for the position of shortstop. He's one of the greatest ever mm-hmm. and the flashy plays. And I get it. All the foot play, that was the, the instinct play, the best instinct play I've ever seen. I understand it. But, um, you know, you talk about his defense. I mean, there was there was serious questions. I mean, the guy didn't have that good of range. That's why he had to do the jump throw, because he would get to the ball later than he probably needed to. Not, not every time, but, you know, stuff like that. Um, he had the, the fourth worst D-war listed on the Jaws list. Out of any shortstop all time, out of, out of 500, only three shortstops he was better than ever. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, there's arguments for him not being a first ballot Hall of Famer. There are arguments against it, him being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, so that's why when when one person doesn't vote for him, it's like, and people are just like, how is he not a, unanimous? Rivera was unanimous. Rivera was the best closer of all time. Yeah, Jeter wasn't the greatest shortstop of all time. Not definitely not defensively. Is he a champion? Is he a leader? Is, was he the captain of all those teams, those championship teams? Absolutely. But then you have to look at the other side of that. And somebody said five rings. That's all I need to see. Okay, you know how many rings Yogi Berra had? Ten rings. Yogi Berra had ten rings, which is a Yankees record, an MLB record as a player. Ten rings. And he wasn't inducted to the Hall of Fame his first time. He was inducted his second time on the ballot. And he only got like 85% of the votes. So, I mean, I'm not comparing Jeter to Yogi Berra. I think Jeter obviously is better than Yogi Berra. But, you know what I mean? The rings are not everything. And I just think that gets a little bit, you know, people people put more weight in that than, than they need to. And uh, 
Walker, I'm super happy that Walker got in. He should have never taken him 10 times to get in um, to the 10th time. I mean, you talk about all the gold gloves. He was terrific. Yeah, Jeter's got the gold gloves too, but that was more gifted towards him. Walker was terrific in the outfield. He had to hit over 300 for his career. Like, I'm so glad that uh, Alex brought up the um, Jason Stark tweet on the other podcast because, you know, you, when you, he said when you neutralize his numbers for NL ballparks, he still would have hit over 300 with only, you know, very little or only like 11 less home runs, I want to say, and 14 less hits or something like that. And, I mean, it's, it's so obvious that you can't hit as well as he hit for as long as he did, and not even just on Colorado, and, and just say, oh, it's the ballpark. And it was before Colorado. I mean, you know, he continued it. Yeah, he's a goal goal. He had a cannon for an arm. Um, but, yeah, there was other guys on the ballot that just they need the votes too. Like Sosa, he's, I, I believe he's still the only Cubs player in history to have a 30-30 season, which is 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. And he did that before the steroids. The you know the the steroids obviously um, helped him get the home run numbers and everything, but um, you know then you look at guys like Sheffield. I'm sure we're going to get to all these guys, but but yeah, I, I I see reasons behind it, and I'll never question anybody for voting Jeter. Jeter is a Hall of Famer, and I'm just super happy that Walker got in. Yeah, and my thoughts on it are. Um... I probably would have ended up voted for voting for Jeter because if I were a BBWA writer, I'd have thought, is my vote going to be the one vote that ends up costing him unanimous, or should I <laughs> should I vote? I I'd have been in that. I'd have been that. Uh, should I? Should I not? I probably would have out of pressure, out of self pressure, but I get the reasoning. He, he definitely deserves it, and like uh, Joey said, Yogi Berra even wasn't a Hall of Famer, and it took him to his second time. Uh, so it's not always the unanimous that matters, unless you're Mariano Rivera. As far as the rings comment, uh, rings mean everything, dot, 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 when they're onion rings. Then you just you just slather them with ranch. Then they're, they're uh, just like every podcast that Johnny's on, I always have that zinger. When it talks about when I when we talk about these these names, that's the zinger this time. Rings matter when they're onion rings. Um, <laughs> yes, making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. As far as Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling, I was part of the anti PED movement, but seeing as PEDs have gone away from the game, we should also appreciate what these guys did despite the PEDs, and like Johnny said, Bonds Bonds was was doing, was the Mike Trout before Mike Trout, possibly before PEDs. Um, Cle- uh, he didn't mention Clemens, but Clemens, Clemens was great as well, and he's got a son that's on the Tigers organization right now, Cody Clemens. Um, in fact, I'm still kicking myself for not, for not convincing my dad to go to the uh, game against the Astros in 2006 when Clemens was pitching. At Comerica Park. Um, <laughs> uh, showing as far as ego and reputation, Ty Cobb apparently was an asshole. And Ty Cobb has been in the Hall of Fame for forever. <laughs> Pretty much. So the, original, the original Hall of Famer. One of them. So, so, there, so there that argument goes out the window. 
As far as Bobby Abreu goes, um, if you watched the Home Run Derby in 2005, you would vote for him as a Hall of Famer just by watching that. <laughs> so there's a lot of players to vote for for this Hall of Fame. As far as Larry Walker goes, he was Todd Helton before Todd Helton, if that makes sense. Um, Larry Walker deserved it. Todd Helton, with time, should get there as well. Um, Walker in his last year, uh, Canada was, of course, singing the praises as they should that Walker deserved, that Walker got in. So, yes, Walker deserved in, Jeter deserved in, and if you, if you look at memes like I do, you saw the, you saw the meme with George Costanza and Derek Jeter, and you, and it said, here's the greatest batter in Yankees history, and Derek Jeter. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I'm in, I'm with the general consensus that Walker and Jeter deserved it, um, it's going to be close as far as Bonds and Clemens, but I think Schilling gets in next year, as Tim Kirkshen talked about a couple nights ago. I hope they both, all three of those guys get in next year. They really need to. I hope so, too. There's a couple guys on it, but there's a few guys on ballot I like to see really push it. One other thing with Larry Walker, just to mention him again, <clears throat> I'm excited yeah. he got on. But people forget how good he was in Montreal. His last season in Montreal, he turned 27 years old, so he was hitting his prime. I mean, most players play a few years. They had their prime at 26, 27, depending on when they come up. In that season in Montreal, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he had like a 970 OPS. And that was in Montreal. That was an old Olympic stadium where you want to talk about Coors Field helping your hitting. Olympic stadium destroyed your hitting. <laughs> Not only your hitting, but your legs when you play the outfield, which is part of the reason why Tim Reigns and Andre Dawson wanted out of there. And it destroyed Tommy Lasorda because of UP. The the carpet, you know, the AstroTurf they had in Olympic Stadium, it was like running on carpeted concrete. Yeah, it was fucking brutal. You know, so these guys, you gotta remember something. People wonder why Larry Walker had, like, you know, had to take games off and stuff like that because of leg issues and stuff later in his career. Well, he played the first six years of his career in Montreal. It doesn't surprise me he had, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he had friggin' knee issues, ankle issues, back issues, you know. But the dude was, like I said, Chorus Field didn't help the fact that he was a great base runner and a great outfielder. It doesn't help that. It helped his stats a little bit. But I bet, I, I tweeted something out a while ago. There were six players in the history of baseball, that retired after 1965. That slashed 300, 400, 500 average on base. I was going to say, there's a lot more There's a lot more players that have retired since 1965. I mean, that's great longevity, but still. <laughs> so 300, 400, 500. Those six players, <laughs> Frank Thomas, Edgar Martinez, and Chipper Jones are in the Hall of Fame. The other three... Manny Ramirez, Larry Walker, and Todd Helton. I don't care where you play, what major league ball, you're facing major league hitting. I don't care what ballpark you play in, what position you play, DH, I don't, it doesn't matter. If you slash 300, 400, 500, and you have like 8,000 to 9,000 like plate appearances in the major leagues, you're in a Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's an incredible accomplishment. To, to have an OPS of 900 plus and to bat 300. And not to mention... Out of those six guys, 
Larry Walker was the best base runner and the best fielder out of those bunch. So he deserved, he well deserved to be in the Hall of Fame way before this. Yeah, and take oh, Johnny. Yeah. That, that year that you were talking about, the last year of Montreal. Yeah. He actually led the, and he actually led the league in doubles, and he was slightly higher. He had a 981 OPS. Oh, okay. I said 970. So, again, yeah, I mean, just adding to your point, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, flood the league in doubles in, you know, in Montreal, in that fucking, in that ball, he probably hurt his legs running the second base so much. Yeah. Well, those doubles, and also he was what? He was like 27 that year. So he's hitting his yeah, prime. Yeah, 27. Yeah, so he's hitting his prime. Anyway. Oh, my God. He only played 103 games, too, that year. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I the mean, fuck? He played 103 games, hit 322, but he led the league in doubles. How do you? That was. How do you only play 103 games and lead the league in doubles? <laughs> That's pretty incredible. To have over 9,000 plate appearances and bat 300 while, while getting having your legs torn up by carpeting under concrete, is definitely Hall of Fame worthy. As you said, led the league in doubles. Well, I'm sure James Holtzauer would love to have. It has that stat right now in Jeopardy, too. Led the league in daily doubles. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. So, um, moving to the Astros and Red Sox scandal. Uh, we'll start with Joey. Uh, did the punishment, or the punishments that have been handed down, fit the crime? And I'll, and I'll tell you the punishments because we, uh, just as a refresher to our to our crowd, Manager A.J. Hinch was suspended one year, then fired. Um, let's see. Also, um, General Manager Jeff Lunau was um, suspended <clears throat> was suspended a year, then fired. $5 million the Astros had to pay. Four draft picks the Astros had to forfeit. A lot, but a lot of people say not enough. What is... What is the Ricotta rant for this episode? Um, you know, not a huge rant on this. It's just, I, I feel like, we, we, well, we know what happened, but I mean, and obviously it's making baseball look pathetic, and it's, it's embarrassing that this is big news, and we're trying to get away from cheating, and you're trying to, you know, get more viewers and, and get more kids to like the game, and, you know, adults are fading away from the game when stuff like this happens. They Like, the casual fans will kind of fade away, and then they don't want to get their kids into it because they're, like, not interested as much. And, and it's just it's kind of a cycle like that. But as far as, like, the punishments go, I don't really, I don't really think the punishments were are terrible. I, I, I kind of like the punishments. I, the only thing that um, kind of ticks me off is, is MLB. I feel like MLB knew about this beforehand, before all these reports started coming out, I, you know, I feel like it was kind of talked about behind the scenes and, you know, people knew more about what was going on than the public did. And I think they could have stepped in and did an investigation sooner. And, you know, it's just kind of a shame that, and then this is me just, this is what, what I think, you know, so obviously this has not come out that this is for sure or anything, but, um, I just believe that they, they could have done a lot more as far as that investigations go than they 
knew something, and it's a shame that, you know, when it comes out to the public, then they make a move on it. Oh, we got to act like it's a huge deal because everybody else is acting like a huge deal because it is a huge deal. (laughs) You know, that's the part that I don't like. But the actual punishments as far as, you know, taking the picks away and, you know, the money and and then the firings of the coaches by the by the teams, um, I've got no problems with that. I think that's fine. And Johnny somehow um, disappeared kind of like Verlander, his lookalike, has in this scandal, but somehow he... He came back because he had to. He has to say his piece as well. I'm not sure what happened with the connection as well, but he's back with us. Johnny, your thoughts? Red Sox Astros scandal. In fact, as Joe had said, if we did, if I didn't say it before, manager Alex Cora got fired as well as manager Carlos Beltran before managing a game. But besides the point, your thoughts? With the Houston Astros. There we go. Um. I think the punishment, I, I'd have to agree. I mean, I wish the punishment, the money-wise, I wish was higher. Um, the draft picks are significant. Um, they're not, for all the people clamoring for them to put an asterisk there or take away their championship, it doesn't happen. Baseball does not do that. You don't see an asterisk next to any records and stuff like that. They, they just don't do that. The history is the history. The narrative will tell the tale. You know, and I said this on uh, when I did uh, the Too Much Pod Talk podcast Tuesday night with Alex. I said this, and it's like this is this has been the history of baseball. They don't put an asterisk next to anything. They tried to with Roger Maris because he hit the sixty-one home runs broke Babe Ruth's record, but it was in a hundred sixty-two game season, not yeah, a hundred fifty-four game season. Yeah, if so I remember watching sixty-one correctly, I watched the movie sixty-one. It was right. in the were, extra games. A lot of people were clamoring to say because Maris actually only had 59 home runs after 154 games. He had two in the last eight games of the season to break the record. So people were saying, well, that's not fair, and you should put an asterisk. And they actually did put an asterisk next to their record for about 10 years, and then they took it away because it's the history of the game. If the rules change, if the game changes, that's just the way it is. Look. Mm-hmm. The errors are the errors. Baseball has 150 years of history. You know, we talk about the dead ball era, the live ball era, you know, the steroid era. Now, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's such a history and it's passed down. The history of it has been passed down from word of mouth, from father to son, mother to daughter, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. It's passed down generation to generation. The fact that the 2017 Astros were caught cheating and punished for it, there's no need to take away or put an asterisk next to that championship because the narrative will be going forward, especially from Yankees fans, Red Sox fans, Dodger fans. You know, the narrative will be going forward that they cheated. Whatever you want to take out of that, did it help them win the World Series? Did they win the World Series because of that? No one will ever know. We don't know because we, we don't know how the other side would have happened. But the narrative will always be there. This is part of the reason why I want Bonds and Clemens in the Hall of Fame is because you can put a plaque in the Hall of Fame for them, but fathers, grandfathers, mothers, daughters, grandkids, like whatever, will go to the Hall of Fame. They'll see Barry Bonds' plaque. And the older folks will say, well, he cheated. They'll pass that narrative on. And that's what baseball's always been. And we should keep it that way. Record books should not be changed. The history books should never be changed. The history is the history. 
Roger Maris hit 61 home runs in 1961. Doesn't matter if it was in more games or not. He hit 61. He broke the record. McGuire broke the record in 70. Bonds broke the record in 73. This is this is the history of the game. The narrative will be told by everyone who visits the Hall of Fame and everyone who talks to their kids about baseball and passes it on. Yes. So as far as the Houston scandal goes, I just wanted to go on that rant. Sorry. Right. But right. as far as the Houston scandal goes, I think they punished them enough. I would have liked to have seen more money involved in that. I understand Manfred, according to the CBA, he can't levy more of a fine than $5 billion. That's the maximum. But he could have taken away international pool money, which I think would have been a, a more of a, a more of a strike against the Astros. And I think he could have done that, and he should have done that. And maybe even another couple of draft picks. But he did what he did. It was significant. Right. And, yeah, what I was going to say was that the, the on the asterisk deal, I remember that um, – I remember on the asterisk that back when I – back when going through school and as a kid um, – they were t- they were talking about Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa having asterisks on their on their like records. Yeah, I'm Sorry. not sure what's happening either. I yeah, mean, I may- maybe maybe you really are Justin Verlander, just hiding it, just hiding in the shadows after all this all this scandal is going on. But um, I'm Kate Upton's brother. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, well, like I'd say, with the asterisks, uh, they were talking about it with Bonds. But you said they were talking about it with Maris. Now they're talking about it with the Astros. It's like that, and I'll compare this to college football as well. It's the, it's the same ongoing argumentative narrative. The same thing in college football with four teams. Oh, my God, team number five. 18 playoff. Oh my god, team number 9. 16 team playoff. Oh my god, team number 17. Roger Maris, 61 home runs. Oh my god, seven more games. Barry Bonds, 763 homers. Oh my god, he took steroids. Astros, 2017 World Series. Oh my god, they cheated because they used they somehow found they somehow saw consistent signs and banged garbage cans because they knew the consistencies. Whatever. You know, it's like Johnny was saying. Um, the <laughs> the narrative is just going to be passed down from generation to generation. History is history. It's what it is. On the punishments, I I felt or I, I wavered on whether or not players should have been involved in this, and that's going to be the next topic or the next question in, in this in this show. But the punishments were handed. They were fine. One year suspension that ended up being firings. The mastermind Alex Cora got fired in Boston. Although I sort of thought that Beltron should have been able to do something, I could totally understand why the Mets did that because everybody else was getting fired. So punishments made sense. Could have been more money, but like you had said in the CBA, Manfred can only do so much. Um. He may have been blinded by the light by his own CBA, Manfred Mann. Uh, <laughs> more draft picks could have been applicable as well. So my next question, and I'll, I'll ha- ask this to Joey first, um, should any players have been suspended 
in this deal? Well, you kind of touched on it with the CBA, and that's why I – no, I don't think that any players should – well, here's the thing. Did they deserve to? Because were they acting – you know, were they a part of it? Yeah, 100% they were a part of it. I think it was wrong. So do they deserve to get, uh, you know, suspended or fined or anything like that? Yeah, they do. But with the CBA, I don't see that happening. Or, you know, it hasn't to this point. It doesn't look like it's going to. But, um, you know, I, and me and me and Alex and, and another Alex were doing the White Sox pod, too, recently, and we were talking about... Not Alex Colome, was it? What's that? Not Alex Colome, was it? No, it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, he might have blown a save or two, so that's why. Oh! We didn't, we didn't let him come on. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, he, um, I was just joking about it, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe they just, like, what if the Astros just didn't play a year? What if the, the entire team was just suspended? They just couldn't play. But then you'd have to reschedule the whole, you know, do a bunch of rescheduling for the rest of the season, and then you're talking about a whole mess and then still dealing with the cba so it's like or just bringing up the triple yeah, a team yeah yeah you could do that just to just suspend all the players that are on the, the major league roster around 40 man right now make them feel like a double a or triple a team They're, that'd be pretty crazy it would be interesting because it would it would answer the question of are the triple a guys good enough find out real fast on that one you would find out very quick so johnny or unless joy had anything to add johnny any any um the players should they be suspended well they probably should have been suspended but i understand the reason they weren't first of all man forgave them immunity but freely so that's part of it second of all he's smart about it because he knows that if he suspended a couple of players, say Bregman and Altuve, the grievances would have come from the t- from the players' union. But why are you suspending these guys? Did these guys actually know that this was illegal? You know, I know you mentioned that, Joey, that these guys knew. Did they really know? Did they know the actual rules of what um, can transmit and what you can't? I feel like you... Uh, do you think... Are, are you saying, do you think that are you asking, do, you, do I think that they knew that it was wrong to use, a, like, a device, like a camera device, or, like... Yeah. Does, I feel uh, like you should know that. I mean, well, unless, like... Yeah, but what's... What are the actual rules? What are the actual rules? Of, because you're allowed to... You're allowed to take pictures and look at pictures of players and, like, stuff like that. You're allowed to do still motion. Now, as far yeah. as... Like, Admitting signs and stuff like that. <clears throat> Do the players actually know what the rules are? This is what I'm saying. I'm only asking because this is what the players would have said. If Manfred suspended, say, Altuve and Bregman, just to take the two big guys on the team. All right, Springer, throw him in there, too. You know, whatever. If you would have suspended the major guys there, like those guys, players you would have gone to the grievance and said, well, was anything sent out? To the players, did they sign off on agreeing to knowing exactly what was wrong from the organization and everything? Like, but now you're talking about betrayal. You're talking about acknowledging 
that you know as a player exactly what kind of transmission is allowed and what's not. Because you can steal signs legally. It's almost like with the, in an NFL with the Patriots, the whole Cincinnati Bengals game and everything, and even with the Rams back in the day, with, you know, with the Spygate thing, they were filming from a certain section and filming certain things that weren't allowed. So there's a very specific thing in the NFL like that. It's the same thing with the MLB. There's certain things you can do to use technology to transmit signs. It's just it has to be done a certain way. It's very specific. So to say that the players actually know exactly what they were doing was wrong, I can't 100% say that. And this is exactly what the players union would say if they had a grievance and and the players. To to your point, though, um, okay, let's say they they didn't know. Like we, you're right. I agree with you. We don't we don't really know if they 100% know or not. But wouldn't that give Carlos Beltran an out? Why, Why? I just I just don't get why. I guess he's the most puzzling one out of this entire thing. Well, is that he got fired. The Mets didn't want to deal with him. Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of... Answer. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, and supposedly, Carlos Beltran stepped away on his own. Yeah, now, stepped away. Yeah, yeah, he, you know... <laughs> Except the way somebody was like shoving him out the door, but then he walked himself out. Now, like either you resign and save face, or we're gonna have a press conference tomorrow saying you're fired. I mean, yeah, Yeah. it's kind of like that thing. But I get it. You know, with the Mets, this is what the Mets do. You know, and honestly, Beltran probably shouldn't have left. Shouldn't have left his position as the Mets manager whether he left on his own accord or the mess pushed him out or whatever, whatever. Mm. But the questions will always be there. And the Mets don't, didn't want it to be about Beltran all year. They wanted it to be about the team, the players. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's a distraction. It's, it's, and this is, the, this is the world we live in. It has nothing to do with... Beltran's actual talent as a manager or whatever. I mean, he interviewed with the Yankees two years ago, but Boone was picked. He could have been the Yankees manager two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, he was up for the... He was um, up. They were talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Did he, did he meet with him? What was that? Did he meet with him? He interviewed with the Yankees. Oh, he did? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was one of the finalists for the second interview. Oh, yeah. But they nice. picked Boone instead. I was just saying, because you imagine if the Yankees picked Beltran, where would they stand right now? <laughs> yeah, now, exactly. <laughs> now it's on the other side. But see, he, if he's on the other side, maybe this comes out sooner. Who knows? I mean, who, but why would he? I mean, why would he out himself? I don't know. But that kind of saves space. Like he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. The players go on along with it. See, this is the thing. This is another reason why the players should be exonerated in, in a sense. All right. You, you can't tell intent, all right? If Altuve, Bregman, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm just using their names because they're the big names in youth. If, if guys like that went along with it, what Cora and Hitch put in place back in 2017 
whatever. They went along with it. Well, if Cora and Hitch went up to them and were like, we're going to do this, and, you know, we're going to do this and bang the trash can twice when it's a curveball, whatever, whatever kind of system they had, you know, whatever. If they told, like, you're in the locker room, you're in a clubhouse, and they told Alcuda and Bregman this, that we're going to do this and this and this. And even if they had a question, if you're Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman, and you're like, "Is can we do this? Like, is this like?" And Cora and Hinch were like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's fine. It's it's within the rules." About how do you know they didn't lie to him? That's true. I mean, if you, that's if, I guess I guess I'm more skeptical. The only reason why I'm more skeptical. Yeah, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, if you're in that position and your manager is telling you any job. I mean, if your manager's telling you, don't worry about it. Just do this. You got it covered. You know, it's, it's legal. It's fine. It's, you know, of course, you're going to be yeah. like, okay. You may have a question in your mind, but you're going to be like, well, if you said it's all right, <laughs> go back to you. Right? If, if something yeah, comes up, you'll just be like, well, I was told to do this. I was told it was all right. So that's, this is the argument Altuve and Bregman would have with the players. You know, like, they told me it was fine, and they told me it was legal, and we could do this. I didn't know. You know what I mean? This is, yeah. this is the players can't be punished. This? The, only thing, the only thing that makes me like somewhat skeptical about it, though, is like, and I agree with you, but the only thing that makes me a little bit skeptical is, is the fact that, you know, in body language is not everything, and not how people do interviews is not everything. You know, when, when they were doing, like, the Astros convention and stuff like that, and just the way that Bregno was answering the questions, it's just... And he almost, he almost had, like, a smile to him. You know, it was like, yeah. like we got away with something for this long, you know? Like, I did something, but, you know, I can't speak on it. I mean, they made their decision. You know, they made their decision. It was like, that part of it to me was like, you... I think you knew what you were doing, but... I, I mean, who's to say you know, who's really to say if they if they 100% knew or not, the players, because, yeah, like you said, they could have very well been just told, hey, we're going to bang these trash cans when it's a fastball, and you're going to know it's a fastball or a curveball or whatever, yeah. and you're going you're gonna to hit it. Like, okay, okay, coach, gotcha. Hey, look, Bonds and Clement went to court. Never met his steroids. You know. Yeah. yeah. They, they did that, and... You know, people still look at them at PED guys. How do you know they even did it? They denied it in court. They were never found guilty in court. Mm-hmm. Never tested positive. <clears throat> but people still put them, it's the court of public opinion. I mean, you like you said, you can look at a video and say, like, oh, Bregman's being, like, smug about it and, like, whatever. Maybe that's his personality. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't, I, I don't know. You know, you right, know, yeah lead into stuff like that and you know and honestly it shouldn't matter to the player look it doesn't matter bonds and clemens someone actually tweeted out something that was interesting it and they said that like you know if bonds or clemens came out and said look i used steroids it was it wasn't tested at the time i did it but that, that that's what i did i did it to get better and i did it to stay on the field you know mm-hmm. they're saying this person was saying that, like, they would actually get more 
Hall of Fame votes from that. That's what so I don't want to get, though. It's like the same thing. It's like the same thing with uh, with uh, the Cubs ownership, right? They don't want to have the Sammy Sosa day because they want everybody from the era to admit what they did. It, uh, I think everybody in the era should admit what they did. You know, a part of me, like, I kind of understand that because it's like, are oh, you stepping up as a man and you're admitting to what you did wrong? But another part of me is like, why should, like, you're, so you're saying that one person basically should come out first, though, and, like, be yeah. the first person to take the ball, and then what if the other guys don't step up? And then, I mean, we know about Conseco. Like, Conseco is so open about it. And he wrote a book on it. And then he talked about all these other guys about it. But Conseco is Mike Flyers before Mike Flyers. Conseco <laughs> blew yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, he was. He didn't give a shit. I mean, he was talking about how. You know, he injected Mark McGuire himself in the bathroom. McGuire admitted it. And what did it get What's him? What's that? McGuire admitted it. What did it get him? Palmero? Yeah. Palmero. Did got... he get in the Hall of Fame? No. Wasn't hits, 500 home runs. Not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's another guy. I mean, him and like, oh, and, and Gary Sheffield with, with his use, like, that's another guy I think we talked about earlier, but I mean, not that he's... I don't know how much he's talked about it or whatever, but... I love Sheffield in the Hall of Fame. He should Yeah, be. Sheffield... Dude, he's terrific. I mean, I think I, I think I might have sent that to the, one of the group chats or whatever, but um, the only players to have more home runs and a lower O-swing percentage, which obviously he had a great walk rate yeah. and barely struck out, what? was was Gary... Uh, then Gary Sheffield. The only, yeah, the only players who had more home runs and a lower O-swing percentage since they started tracking it. Barry Bonds, which I think we can all agree should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Frank, Frank Thomas, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Jim Tomey, Hall of Famer. And Raphael Palmero, who should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I agree. People forget I mean, about it. They forget about yeah. it. And it's like, uh, it's crazy. Sheffield, you know what it is? Sheffield was caught up in the Balfour thing. See, when the whole Balco thing came out, and that's when Bonds got caught up in that. Like, yeah, the cream. Yeah, the cream of the clear. Yeah. Well, we no, Mitchell it. Report. You know, Sheffield got caught up in all that. I actually, it's funny, I got into an argument from my article. That, like, when I posted my Hall of Fame article that I wouldn't vote for Jeter. I got an argument with Gary Sheffield's son. On oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that, yeah. Sheffield's <laughs> weird. Like going back, he's like, well, I wouldn't be or want to be the one to like be, you know, cost him like. <laughs> Who cares? Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I have no problem with that. If <laughs> yeah, I that was that was cool. He stopped talking though after a while. I think he kind of yeah. shut him up. Well, now now it's like you know we went back and forth and stuff like that. It's fine. I, it was cool as hell, and you know it was great. Like you know talking to someone, mm-hmm. like, you know. I disagree with him. I'm not going to bow down just because the guy's like, you know, <laughs> right. the Twitter followers or whatever, or Gary Sheffield's son, like, he, he, I thought he was wrong. And we went back and forth, and that's fine. But, yeah, it's, you know, I think Sheffield should be in. Yeah. Um, Sheffield was one of the greatest hitters of his time. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I know we went back to, like, the Hall of Fame talk, but, like, he, there's like there, like you were saying, like fourteen guys. 
Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that should be, like, considered, too. I, I, I fully believe that maybe you need another look at. Like, I, th- I feel like Abreu is one of the guys that I personally would, would want another look at because I'm kind of on the fence about him, but, like, his jaws line up with, like, some of the other right fielders and actually are better than some right fielders, like Vladimir Guerrero, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, guys like that. And, like, I mean, Jeff Kent, like, Dude was like fifth all time for second baseman at OPS, and I think second behind Alfonso Soriano and home runs. Like, I think Jeff Kent's the end. I mean, his defense sucked, but I mean, he was a hitter. Yeah, but his defense was, you know, it's funny that the reputation these guys have. His defense wasn't bad early in his career. Yeah, yeah, early, yeah. Oh. So did everyone else's. I mean, yeah, when you're 32, you know. But it's kind of it's kind of like the Jeter argument, though, except he was never good at, as a defender, and like Kent was actually decent early on, and like he was a great. I'm not saying he's as good of a hitter as Jeter was. Like, oh, you know, Jeter. Jeter was. Well, I think Jeter was a better like overall hitter, but. Like, like, Kent was a power. I, Kent had more power. Batting wise, I take Kent. I mean, the speed, obviously, Jeter had the stolen bases and he's got a base runner. So I give it to yeah. him. Yeah, and he had a terrific inside out swing, too, though. Kent was a DH playing second base, but he was actually a decent second baseman for a large part of his career. Yeah. And when you consider position, Kent was Kent's top 10 all time, second baseman. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would put him there. He had 10 second baseman better than him all time. Go right ahead. But I, I think he's, you know, I think he's top 10 all time. I'm sorry, but if you're top 10 in the history of baseball, <laughs> your position, the same thing with Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, Scott Rowland's going to get in. I think he's really going to get in. He should get in for sure. Lou Whitaker? He might have been, like, he was maybe one of the best. Uh, defending third baseman that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And that's, like, those slow rollers, and not just the slow rollers, but, like, his actual glove, too. But, I mean, and the dude was a great hitter, too. He's better than Thurston. I I wrote a Scott Rowland article last year when the Hall of Fame case was coming out, and I compared Scott Rowland to Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is probably going to get in, if not first ballot, second ballot. 3,000 yeah. and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Scott Rowan, if you look at that peak, Scott Rowan was a better third baseman. Scott Rowan was a better yeah. player. Like, Scott Rowan had the injuries toward the end of his career and stuff like that. But Scott Rowan still played. And the thing, the thing that's interesting about Rowan, he never played even one inning at another position. He only played third base to his whole career. Never DH'd. Never played first base, never played any other position. He was only a third baseman, which is pretty weird. Well, well, you never see that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never see that. Usually they'll, like, pitch in, like, a blowout or something. Or, like, yeah. You know. yeah, I have I have Roland. If I had to list my top ten third baseman, I have Roland probably seventh or eighth. Yeah. I think he might be seventh. Um, I'm not, like, I'm not somebody who just sticks to jaws, but. He might actually be, I think, seventh in, on the Jaws list. Yeah. As far as, you, you know, Jaws, like the... Yeah. You definitely know, yeah. But, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah. And, and that's not I don't go by just that, but like if you look at Jeter, just to go back for example, Jeter as a shortstop, I think he's like twelfth on the list. Oh yeah, Jeter's really I mean and that's not to knock the guy either. People think that I hate Jeter when I talk about this stuff. And like you Johnny, you and Tom, you guys should I you might have seen it, I don't know, but you guys should really look at my Facebook from the day of the the uh when they announced it. It was I don't know, like people were just going off. I had everybody was getting riled up and I thought it was hilarious because I kinda did it to stir the pot, honestly. Right. But I said he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer and he's definitely not a unanimous one. That's what was my what my post was. And you know, I'm not saying he's not deserving of first ballot, but yeah, it was very it, it got people riled up and it was hilarious. Reminds me of the classic Seinfeld, or well, a meme that Soupy posted of the classic Seinfeld scene with uh, Jeter and George. Well, yeah, I got it. I got in the Hall of Fame. Ninety-nine point seven percent of the vote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won I, the I World like Series. Six games. I would love to see his ballot though. Like, if he didn't vote for ten other guys, because this is the thing: if you're not going to vote for Jeter, you need to vote for ten guys. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I agree. If, I agree. if you're if you're if you're just not voting for Jeter, just not to vote. Like if you're voting, not voting for Jeter and voting for Jose Valverde or Paul <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Papa Grande. Mental health, and you need to not be a, a voter. Like, no, I agree. And like I said in, in my in my uh, in my article, the ten guys I vote for were Walker, Bonds, Clemens. Annie Ramirez, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, um, Barry Sheffield, Kurt Schilling, Bobby Ray. And yeah, that's a fair list. Those are my 10 guys. And that's, a, my, fair, that's a fair list. Those 10 guys were better players than Jeter, honestly. Abreu's arguable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe arguable. Okay, I get the thing it. with the Andrew Jones, I, I wouldn't say, like, like, some of those guys, I wouldn't say they were better players than Jeter ever. Like I, I remember an off and if you're gonna this is the thing. The people the people that annoy me are they vote for Omar Vascal. I know. Yeah. Offensive short stuff. No he wasn't. He's not and they compare him to Ozzy Smith. He's not Ozzy Smith. He wasn't even that as good as no. Some other guys defensively. Let's not forget Lou Whitaker. Lou Whitaker is a shame. And I actually wrote an article about Lou Whitaker because I wrote an article about the uh, Veterans Committee this year. And Lou Whitaker was one of the guys that I said he should have been in the Hall of Fame already. And the Veterans Committee should vote him in, but they didn't. They voted Ted Simmons and Marvin Miller, which I can't disagree with that. I'm not disagreeing with Ted Simmons or Marvin Miller. But... Unfortunately, the 16 guys on the Veterans Committee can only vote for four players, and you need to get 12 out of 16. So, Whitaker should be in, Dwight Evans should be in, Jim Edmonds should be in, Kenny Lofton should be in, David Cohn should be in, Kevin Brown should be in. There's tons of players that just, like, fell off the ballot, and for whatever reason, and, you know... Did you say Kenny Lofton already? Oh, Kenny Lofton should definitely, easily should be in. Yeah. Roberto Alomar? Well, he's in. Oh, 
shit, what the fuck am I thinking? You just didn't get a first ballot. No, no, I think what I was thinking, well, yeah, but what I was actually thinking, I don't know why the name was in my head, but um, they're comparing Vizquel, and then you're talking about Roberto Alomar. Oh, and so his numbers don't even compare to Roberto Alomar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that's kind of, that, I think that's why it popped in my head. But no, Kenny Lofton should definitely be in, too. And like, But his numbers are... It's it's ridiculous, and he was a really good center fielder too. I don't know. Yeah, the Andrew Jones, Omar Vizquel thing, like those two with the defense. Jones, he did something that I've never seen. I mean, Jim Edmonds used to do it once in a while, or he used to do it a lot too. But Andrew Jones playing so far in like he did, yeah. yep. and then going back on the ball. Like, how how many center fielders do you see do that regularly? I don't see that. Not me. Probably the only other one. He wasn't. He wasn't afraid of a double. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's so fun to watch, like that underhand flip back. Like <laughs> I don't know. Andrew Jones is like if you look at DRS and stuff like that. Like even total zone war, like uh, total zone rating, and everything. Mm-hmm. Jones is number one all time, like above Willie Mays. Like he yeah. he was the best center fielder defensively ever. He was six points high. I think Willie Mays was second on the EOR list I was looking at. And I think Andrew Jones, well, Andrew Jones was first. But he was yeah. six points higher than whoever was second. I believe it was Mays. Yeah. Six points higher. Like, no one else was separated by that much at all on the list. Oh, and if you look at DRS, Andrew Jones is like 278. The next person was like 180. Like, <laughs> it's not even close. Wow. It's not That's even and Kenny Lofton, and not to mention, Kenny Lofton on that list is like seventh all time defensively. Wow. So, not to mention his offense and his stealing and like his base running and all that stuff. But you put the defensive side in it. He was Kenny Lofton is a top ten defensive center fielder like all time. There's no reason. Yeah. To. I mean, it's it's criminal that he was one and done. He got like twelve votes. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I think that we should. To the strategy of like you need to sometimes just protect these guys. Like yeah, that's that's the thing with with a, with such a loaded ballot. Someone like a Bobby Abreu, I was happy he got five and a half percent. He gets to stay on the ballot another year. Because mm-hmm. you look at Bobby Abreu's stats. I mean, I know we're going off on a tangent here. I know we're going along, but I mean, you look at Bobby Abreu's <laughs> stats. Check out his check out his stats once. You know, check out his stuff. 288 career home runs, 400 stolen bases. I mean, the dude, I, if I'm correct in his slash line, it was like 290, 394, 70. Like, you know, like the dude was, <laughs> he could hit, man. And there was a 12-year stretch, I think it's, I think it was from 88 to 2000, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been 90, 98 to 2010, I believe. It was like a 12-year stretch. He played 100 over 150 games every single year. For the Phillies, yeah, too, so no DHing. No. Oh, he played in the National League his whole career, basically. So, I mean, he, you know, granted, he wasn't a great fielder. He wasn't He wasn't a detriment. He played right field. I mean, it, it wasn't, like, that bad. But I'm just saying, like, he, he deserves, you know, you talk about consistency. I like the peak. Uh, you know, I understand arguments were rolling with his peak, and then he got hurt, and blah, blah, blah. But you also got to reward consistency. Reward, we reward people are rewarding Vizquel. He got over fifty percent of the vote this year. 
for 24 years, and he couldn't even get 3,000 hits. I mean, how can, you know, I mean, I understand he was a great shortstop and all, but yeah, his hitting was like, dude, I don't think he, he hit over that. 300 more than, I, he might have hit over 300 twice in his career, I think. His hitting was Maybe bad. once? I don't his know. Hitting, his hitting was worse than Ozzie Smith, and his fielding wasn't, and his base running wasn't. So, I hate when people say, like, what we would sell, I mean, he's like Ozzie Smith. No, he wasn't like Ozzie Smith. No, definitely not. Ozzy Smith is arguably the greatest fielding shortstop ever. <laughs> and he was a better base runner and a better hitter than Vizquel. He could do a backflip, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that on, on This Week in Baseball. Remember that show? He used to show up. Oh, the twibs. <laughs> Twibbing. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, they used to be Saturday mornings, right? Yes. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I used to love watching that. I remember I just, like... I would look forward to that. Is it a Saturday mornings at like, like eleven or ten? I don't know. Around that time. Oh yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Saturday morning cartoons too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Mm-hmm. And baseball with Mel Allen. Uh, loved it. Yeah. Now they been, now they barely even play Fox baseball on Saturdays. It's, they have the FS1, I believe, but I don't even know if they air it on the main network. Do they? From what I remember from last season, it was like. June, uh, June through the end of the year, they played a Saturday afternoon or evening oh. game on Fox, but it was mostly FS1. Okay, yeah, that's what, yeah, I, maybe I'm not around enough on Saturdays now, but yeah, I remember the, I just always saw it on FS1, but I, I, I didn't know if they did it on Fox at all anymore. I know they do for like the World Series and the playoffs though. So... Yeah, I, I think we should submit this podcast to the Baseball Writers of America. Maybe we could all become baseball writers ourselves. Uh, BBWA yeah. members, I mean. I think we should. <laughs> Honestly. Like, we could do a better job than somebody just submitting a Derek Jeter or a Derek Jeter Omar Vizquel ballad. Yeah. Or better yet, I think I saw one that was a Derek Jeter Omar Vizquel Paul Canerco ballad. <laughs> Are we sure that wasn't Hawk Harrelson? Yeah, yeah, it could have been. <laughs> because yes, I did an article about him, and I thought he was—I thought he was awesome because he was because because of his biasness. But I mean, when it comes to voting like that, you got you gotta you gotta stay even keel. So it was just a little duck snort. The grease yeah, team might be high like a pair of pliers. <laughs> yeah, stretch. Stretch, stretch. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you weren't in your, if you weren't in your backyard, like playing ball and like saying that, or like doing the Gary Sheffield bat waggle. Oh yeah. Your childhood was not as fun as mine. Hell, I do that now. <laughs> if ever I play, if ever I'm on playing softball or something like that, I do the Sheffield waggle. Oh, for sure. You you have to. Or like the Craig Council. I mean, I know he's not all yeah. but <laughs> Or the you <laughs> the Craig Council stick your bat straight up in the air and then pull it down and hit. Oh yeah. Or yeah. Or be like Rapid. Trevor. Yeah, I, I, I used to love that. Dude, I actually you know what's super weird about that? When you when you try hitting like that, it's it sounds ridiculous. But it actually makes you think so much less. And when you do that 
bat pointing it up in the air. I'll never do it in a game. I should just do it once. But pointing it straight up in the air and then pulling it down and swinging, it's like a fluid motion. I don't know. The guy had it figured out. He wasn't a great hitter, but to make it to the big leagues, he was good enough. Castle was, Castle was solid, man. <laughs> he was a solid player. I'm not going to yeah. I mean, he wasn't, obviously, he wasn't like starter material or whatever, but I mean, Castle yeah. was good. He play all over the place. Yeah, the utility, good glove, really good glove. You know, I of course I liked what Trevor Bauer did um, when they were when Cleveland was playing in Cincinnati back in 2017. What Trevor Bauer did at the plate. Trevor oh, in, Bauer. Okay. He, he intimidated three three different players on the team. Oh, one nice. Of, one of them was yeah. Napoli. Oh, I'm I'm forgetting who else he did, but he he intimidated here he. He impersonated three different players at the plate, and he drew a walk. That's very Trevor Bauer-like. <laughs> yeah, just, she's trolling people in the game, too. <laughs> yeah. I love, Trevor, I love that guy, dude. He's awesome. He's fun. He's awesome. <laughs> His he has, like, an excitement to the game that the, the game desperately needs, a, like, a character like that. Oh, and he's a warrior. He's a warrior too. Just remember the ALCS in sixteen. Yeah, when he cut his finger, drawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys like that though. See, MLB needs personalities like that, and they need to publicize. Them. They need to like guys like Clevenger and Bauer are friends, and the two of them on Twitter are hysterical. If you like, yeah. Like, watch this. Like, this is the stuff that they, the MLB needs this. They need yeah, interaction with the fans and, like, everything. And Bauer, Bauer is great with that. He has no problem interacting with fans because he is who he is. Take it or leave it. He is who he is. You know, and this is what the MLB needs, man. It's part of their marketing, and, which is lacking. I love yeah. Bauer. I was hoping he'd like my uh, happy birthday tweet because the scorecrow, you know, we do the happy birthday things, you know, every yeah. so often. I try, to, I try to do it in the morning. Like I try to look up, like, baseball reference, football reference, even hockey and basketball. Like, I try to, like, wish a happy birthday to whoever. And yeah. wish a happy birthday to Trevor Bauer. His birthday was, like, a week ago or whatever. I tag, uh, you know, whoever I do that with, I try to tag him. Oh, yeah, of course. Tag a minute. You never know. You know, there have been a few guys who have actually liked it. Like, Willie Rofe is, is really good. Old offensive lineman. You know. Yeah. He liked it too. He liked the happy birthday too. Tori Hunter. I was, exp- I was excited about that one. The Twins guy. Nice. You know. But, like, I tagged Trevor Bauer and he didn't like it. But, you know. <laughs> he probably gets, like, a million, like, oh, notifications a minute, so... He probably just didn't even, he might not even seen it, you know? Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's just yeah. kind of cool, like, once in a while, like, when you do the happy birthday thing and you tag him in it, it's like, oh, yeah, they liked it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. As you know. Kind of like my instance there with doing the voice track about Christian Yelich and Yelich hit like yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> cool stuff, man. Which I will say on air, too, because I called him a bum in a few different podcasts. He Christian Yelich, you are no longer a bum. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You have been exonerated. 
Thank you. Tom Green got the seal of approval. I was gonna say, yeah. The Tom Green seal of approval. So we so we've turned the should the players should the Astros players be suspended to Hall of Fame snubs. But that's that's part of what you get as part of the Tom Green podcast. I'll go I'll I'll speak for a few minutes here because you've heard because you've heard about thirty minutes of Johnny and Joey and not myself. Uh what I was what I was going to refer to with the players thing is we look at the crime of insider trading. Martha Stewart and Phil Mickelson especially were caught up in that. And the thing about insider trading is you're you're planted a seed by somebody. These Astros players were planted seeds by Alex Cora, especially. The the question is, what do you do with with the Astros sign stealing thing? You uh, Cora is going to have somebody bang a trash can, and you're and you're going to get a hit off of it. It's like you know, what do you not? Do you? I mean, if you're given information like that, you, the the thing that most people would do is say, hey, I'm going to make a lot of money with this insider trading. I, I've been given a seed by this guy saying I should invest in the stock. I'm going to do that with the Astros. Oh, you're going to bang a trash cannon so that if I swing when I hear that, I'll get a hit? Well, hell, I'll do it. You know, it's it's... I could understand why you would want players punished, but also at the same time, it's like... Well, if you were given the same information, do you not? It's <laughs> if you if you if you're like if you're given the if you're given the answers to the final exam with your study guide, do you use them? <laughs> Hell yeah, you do. So something should be looked at with that. But I mean, if you're given the signs, you take them. Um, Sheffield, I think, should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, if you if you're smoking a cigar while hitting homers at age fifty two, oh, I think you should God, be in the Hall of Fame. Fucking awesome! <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool. I'm sorry, I had to cut you off. That was really that's cool. fine. Yeah, that that I saw that and I like, yep, put him in the hall. In fact, back in two thousand seven for a Tigers game against the Mets, I went with my family, and uh, we were all wearing chef hats just for Gary oh, Sheffield. Oh, so. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'll definitely have to tag Gary Sheffield's son in this podcast just to see if he <laughs> if he reacts. I think he'll answer. Actually, I think he'll comment or like it or whatever. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty solid on Twitter. Like so, I said, I got into a conversation with him like back and forth about the Jeter thing. So I mean, I think you know. So he's a he writes too, doesn't he? Does he do some writing? He does. He does a show. I think. I think he's got. I think he's on. Um, I think he's on MLB. Oh, okay. It's in some capacity. So oh, I haven't even seen it. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think he. I think he's on MLB, or he's been a guest on there, or whatever. Like you know. So yeah, if you've cool. listened, yeah. So if you've listened this far, especially geared to the Sheffield family. We congratulations one and we real people here. <laughs> you argued with Johnny, we're real. Believe yeah. us. <laughs> so why don't we um uh, kind of as a wrap up, not an entire wrap up, but 
let's go through some of our free agency signings for our teams. Um, we're going to start with Joey because he, he, he had some of the greatest free agents to ever sign and, and on the North side, haven't you, Joey? Well, you too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Are you talking about ever? Or are you talking about like this year? The free, yeah, free uh, agents. And well, the, well, really, it doesn't matter because who have you, who have you signed? No, I mean, yeah, there's uh, nobody. I mean, we can get excited about Casey Sadler. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was? I mean, that was a trade. That wasn't even a free agent signing. You know, they they've made like little tiny moves here or there. I mean, I, I don't know. They, they signed Josh Beckley to a minor league contract. Seriously, that's that's as big as the moves that they've made so far. So I'm holding out hope. Hopefully, Castiano signs with them. I did well, you know. So I'm I'm really holding out hope for that, and. Maybe, you know, they got to move some money around. You got 12% of the payroll going to Hayward. You got, I think, 7% of the payroll going to Chatwood. Terrible contracts. They're crying poor. They have all this money. If they can afford to pay the luxury tax, they just don't want to. And right now, I believe they're still over the luxury tax. And they would still have to cut a little bit of payroll to be under it. But it's just... I don't know. They were talking about trading Chris Bryant and what are you going to get for in return for him? You're going to get good pieces, but I mean, I don't know. We thought this team was going to contend for a while, and they still—I think they still will contend this year. But you know, there's—they they need to do something. Like I really want more additions to the bullpen. Now Pedro Strope might not. Sounds like he's not coming back. I mean, he's a free agent, but it sounds like they've pretty much ruled that out. He's not coming back to the Cubs. So what else is out there? Relievers? There, there's, like, nothing out there on the market, on the open market. So, I don't know, man. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like we were saying, the greatest free agents to ever sign anywhere, dot, 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 L-O-L. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, in that case, greatest free agents to sign anywhere. Uh, well, for the Cubs, recent memory, I'd say John Lester. Terrific. Oh, you had, tur- you had turned that sar- that point of sarcasm into an actual question. But, yes, Lester, Lester was signed years ago to become their ace <laughs> when Arietta, in fact, became the ace. And Lester then afterwards. But <laughs> you would... You had successfully turned a, a point of sarcasm into an actual question. Brownie points <laughs> well, to you. I, I've, I've had a couple of spotted cows, so your sarcasm might have got lost in, in the shuffle, too. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> you are a very wise one, my friend. Johnny, your Twinkies. Um, well, th- well, those are, but they're, they're, they're probably better than those, but um, free agents. Well, the freezes we signed, I mean, I would have liked to have done more in starting pitching, but I knew we weren't going to sign, sign like, Strasburg or Garrett Cole or anything like that. we got Homer Bailey and Rich Hill. Now, Homer Bailey, okay, I get it. It's fine. Rich Hill, Rich Hill is solid when he's healthy. 
I get it. That's fine. I would have liked to have done something a little more impactful. I really wanted Wheeler. I really wanted Zach Wheeler for the Twins. He wanted to wheel and deal. Um, yeah. He, but he went to Philly. He wanted to stay close to his wife's family. He was in South Jersey. Stuff like that. I mean, he turned down more money from the White Sox to yeah. stay there. So, I get it. That's fine. He wasn't going to Minnesota. You know, I'm glad we didn't get I'm glad we didn't get Bumgarner or Ryu an overpay because I think they're not going to be good in the American League. So I'm fine with that. The Donaldson signing, I'm ecstatic about. I love John Donaldson. The guy has a bad rap when in the public eye that he's like injury prone or something. He got hurt toward the end of 2017. To, to the end of 2017, he got hurt. He's battling injury in 2018. He played 150 games four years prior to 2017. He was an MVP. But 155 games last year, the Braves. Ed was a six-war player. The dude is solid. He's a great defensive third baseman. He's easily 35 home runs. He's going to fit great in there. And the defensive side of it is going to be huge for us because... Sano played third a lot of the year last year. And Polanco is short, who is below average. I think that someone like Donaldson playing at third base is going to help Polanco at short a lot. Just as Semyon, like if you look at the Oakland A's, Semyon's gotten pretty good at shortstop the past two years playing next to Chapman. Now, Matt Chapman is probably the best defensive third baseman in baseball. You can argue Arenado, but that's that's whatever it is. But Matt Chapman is top two, three defensive third baseman in the major leagues. And you know who I think really helped them? Ron Washington. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Ron Washington helped a huge... Marcus Semyon said that. He said that Ron Washington's helped him with his footwork. And everything like that. But having having a gold glove caliber third baseman next to you also yes. helps. And I think that's going to help a lot. Having Donaldson at third next to Polanco. Moving Sano to first. I think it's going to help a huge. It's going to be huge on the defensive side. I think he's just adding Josh Donaldson. To like, I mean, the Twins hit 307 home runs last year. He's just adding Josh Donaldson at that lineup. So it, it, that's... That's big. It's big. Yes. I would have liked to have seen the Tony pitching help, but the Twins have a few guys that can fill in, that can move in. We're going to see what Gratterall does. We're going to see what Fernando Romero does. we got Barry Austin Odorisi back. Pineda is still suspended for the first 38 games of the season. He'll be back. So we'll see what happens. But I like this signing so far. See, as for my yeah, okay. Um, as for my tigers, um, I had outlined this plan on the pod tar with Alex Kiewer, and my plan was a bit. Some some people may have said vague, but I I I see how this can work effectively. Right now, Detroit is at rock bottom. We thought we were, we thought we were starting to be on the come up. We hit rock bottom. So my thought was. You're not going to get the big free agents because nobody wants to come here. 
because we, frank, plain and simple, we stink. So my, my outlook was, let's try to sign some free agents with a war between zero and one. If we can start with a positive war, then we can then that can turn into wins on the field. Next year, we'll, we'll look at players between a war of one and two. You see where I'm going with this? So we signed four players with wars that were like that. I don't have the stats in front of me, but wars that weren't impressive but weren't negative. C.J. Crone, Ivan Nova, Jonathan Scope, Austin Romine. Are these players going to wow you? Not necessarily, but are they going to give a team that's on a rebuild some sort of respectability? I think so. Did El Avila hit a major, a grand slam with these signings? No. But did he get a base hit that's going to score a run that could help you later in the game? I think so. I'm going to give these four a solid B, which in college... That was the grades that I was really striving for after A became not so much of a possibility because C's get degrees, you know. Um, that's literally how I see this free agency pool is that this isn't going to win you 80 games. This isn't going to win you, maybe not even win you 70. But is it going to win you more than 45? I think so. There, Anything positive helps. And I think C.J. Crone, Ivan Nova, Jonathan Scope, Austin Romine fit that category. Could they become trade bait later in the year? Sadly, that could be the case. But you have four somewhat formidable free agents that could help the team get back to the rebuilding uh, rebuilding scheme. Uh, so um, I guess we'll bring that to the final thought here. Um any, uh, I guess, Johnny, uh, any thoughts on that? I'll agree with what you said. I mean, I think the signings are great. You know, you bring in the best some, a little bit of clout with the, you know, on the field stuff and everything like that. And I think it's a matter of the Tigers, they're, they're rebuilding. What they, how many games did they win last year? 40, uh, 47. 47? Yeah. I could see them winning 60 this year. It depends on what their pitching does. I mean, because they've been looking to move possibly Matt Boyd. But if they keep Matt Boyd there, then they can bring up Casey Mize and guys like that. Um, you know, Matt Manning. Really, I, I, I think they can contend as far as keeping their heads above water. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, not content for a playoff spot, but I mean, they, they're going to be better than they were. They're going to be better than they were last year. Yes. Yeah, you know, they have a couple guys there. Jacoby Jones is decent. Mm -hmm. Northfield. I mean, they still got Maggie. I mean, they, you know, they're all right. But I think it's another rebuilding year, it's just another step forward. It's the young guys to play, to bring in some vets to fill up the spots, and you know. But yeah, if they can improve to say fifty-five to sixty games this year, yeah, it's a step forward. Yeah, Let's see what they have. see what they have in the minors. Yeah, yeah bring these guys up. 
That, and that and like I said, that was my literal thought was that they're not home run signings, but they're veteran presence with formidable wars that aren't negative. And next year you could look at wars between one and two. The year after that, wars between two and three. You're just building every year. It's good. It's going to be a long process. But look at where the White Sox are. The White Sox were two years ahead of Detroit in terms of doing this rebuild. And they look to be a contender this year. So it it's it's a long process. And if you're young like you, or well, Johnny is Johnny's obviously not younger than me, but I'll consider him to be young compared to my parents and Joey's parents. If you're young, you can do it. If you're not, well then you have no patience. But um Hey, should we congratulate Johnny for mastering social media or is he not that old? <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> he has definitely mastered social media to a way that we are all connected. So I'll give him. I'll, I will certainly give him the Tom Green seal of approval for that. It's there you funny, go. It's funny because I'm in a, I'm in an MLB sabermetrics chat. Okay, with a bunch, and when I tell you it's a sabermetrics chat, these are kids that are like 16, 17, 18, 20, like they're in college. These kids are actually like mathematicians. Wow, we're being too bred into. I have there's a couple guys in the chat that actually work for baseball teams. Oh wow! Like lower level, like statisticians and stuff like that. This is what these guys are. Let me tell you, I learn so much. I learn so many acronyms. (laughs) Like I can throw acronyms at people. Like you wouldn't believe, and no one's gonna know what the hell I'm talking about. I learned so much from these guys, and I talk to them all the time. Like, I'm on the chat with them, and I'm like, man, I'm like, you let some old guy like me in here. Like, you know, I'm going to be 47 in a week and a half, and it's like, you know, you let me in here. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm one of the boomers, but you know what? I look at baseball, it's a numbers game. It's always been. So I, I love the sabermetrics. I love the advanced stats. I love the stuff that can quantify everything that you see on the field. But I look at when you're watching a game, I want to quantify that. I want to see, like, are my eyes telling me what is really happening? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it talks to these guys. They, these guys are, like, crazy with this stuff. And yeah, it's like yeah. they're, they're actual mathematicians. Like, they use algebra, like, hard differentials and like stuff like that like to figure out but they're coming up with (laughs) metrics it's crazy but it's great and the fun yeah the fun thing is i act in one of my umpteen applications i've made since uh getting hired from for the radio one of my umpteen applications was stats intern with the marlins just to just just to throw an app out there and i'm like well, what the heck? Let's see if I work with so many people that know this stuff. I can always brush up. What the heck? Boom. App. <laughs> yeah, why not? Exactly. You never know, man. You can get picked up by anybody. I, that, that's exactly the point with taking this job and doing this show and doing all this all this work. It'll work out in the long ones run. So, um, 90 minutes so far. If you've listened... 
congratulations. Um, <laughs> it's it's always fun having these guys on the show. They bring a lot of great stuff. And so we'll ask the fame final question. Um, and do you guys have anything else to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? We'll start with Joey. <clears throat> uh, don't cut your pizza with scissors, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and cups, please sign somebody. <laughs> there you go. In 90 minutes of content, the Tom Green seal of approval goes to don't cut your pizza with scissors. And the Cubs signed somebody. <laughs> ben Jeter's definitely a Hall of Famer. There we go. I'll still approve of that, too. Johnny, anything else you have to add? Um, I'm just happy Larry Walker made it. And um, follow the scorecrow. That's the scorecrow. Where you'll find myself and Joey and Tom Green. Yes. All was right. Which, so, uh, which I, and before before it's even mentioned, I know I've lacked in the last couple of weeks recently with stuff, but that's because I've been adjusting the full time in news and, never. yeah. It's never an issue, man. Oh, yeah. That's true, you Tom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, Tom's going to have the first edition of our MLB team previews. Tigers coming out February 17th. So definitely stay tuned for that. Yes. We also have NFL recaps that we've been doing for all the teams. We'll have a Super Bowl preview, roundtable, big time issue, big time article uh, next week, Friday before the Super Bowl. And then we're getting into baseball. We're going to have fantasy baseball. We're going to have regular baseball. We're going to have everything going on. Yes. So, and that's kind of the thing about me is that it, that times when even I feel I'm kind of lacking, nobody nobody bats an eye because I apparently I just do the I do so much work that <laughs> sometimes when I take a break, it's not noticed. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We have so many people working and writing articles for us. It's you know we just keep falling. Like today, we had, you know, you figure like a Thursday in January. Well, it's a late day. No, we had like seven articles today. Okay. Here we go. It's, it just keeps falling. It's great. That I will, def- that, that yeah, I will okay, definitely okay. Tom Green seal of approval to. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which, can I, I, you know, I didn't really plug anything. I kind of just, you know, talked about right. pizza. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, two Italians yeah, uh, and Irishmen do a podcast. This is what you yeah, got. That's, that's what you get, and we uh, we can have definitely some Irish whiskey too um, with the pizza. But um, no, yeah, today or I guess it would be yesterday now. Um, now remember, if you're if you're gonna promote your Twitter, say it the right way because you're on the Tom Green podcast. I am not saying it your way, your way, Tom. <laughs> Damn it. It's at the riot, 326. Sorry, Ryan Terrio. He still um, said it right. He still said it right. <laughs> Just saying. Seal of approval. He still said it right. God. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, t- uh, yesterday came out with the uh, um, fantasy baseball uh, article. 
which was like an ADP comparison for the NFBC, which is one of the big platforms where they play mostly high stakes for fantasy baseball. And um, But it was uh, basically an article um, comparing two players with uh, separating with uh, pretty substantial differences in their ADPs. And it was a short, shortstop edition. So definitely check that out if you're into fantasy baseball. And uh, then I should have Johnny. I know Mike's going to kill me with this Bears recap. Um, I should have that out soon, too. I just did a Bears podcast with uh, another dude, Brendan, um, tonight, earlier tonight. So hopefully we can embed that in the article so you can, they can listen to the podcast and, you know, and check out the article, too. But um, I got to actually work on the article, I guess. Well, that would um, be key. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, get to Bears. Mike's, Mike's, you know, uh, He's like, he's just on it. Which, which, yeah. I was feeling bad. I was like, I got the Saints article done today. I got the Patriots article, too. But, yeah. But I get it. You know what? You know what, though? Mike's good like that. He's a hard ass. No, he is. Yeah. You know, and he should be. And he should be. Yeah. And I should be. Mm -hmm. More so. Well, dude, I should have been, in fairness, the Saints season ended... Um, you know, after you know, you know when we don't need to talk about it, but um, yeah. the Bears season was done after week seventeen, and really even before that. So I could have started writing this a long time ago, and then I've just been like little by little chipping away at it. And I know, like all there is to be to know at this point, there's not all there is to bear being made. So yeah. <laughs> like, like I should just you know get it done, but then. There's always something, there's always these podcasts, and then there's like, yeah, you know, real life, I guess. Yep. And no, stemming I, back, yeah, stemming back, Joey, to the last podcast we did, Mark Helfrich is gone. They listened to us. They did. They did. They, they listened to you. <laughs> they did. Maybe I know yeah, a thing they, or two about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm excited with the moves they're making, but, yeah, it's a football topic. But They're I mean, on pace to make all those moves. Ah, I see what you did there. What? What, 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 I see what you did there. <laughs> now, that's, uh, they, they, uh, they're, they're, hopefully they have enough money to do what they want to do, but um, Taylor Gabriel should be cut. Maybe Prince of Mukamura, maybe, but we'll see. He certainly did not play like the king that he thinks he is. Um, So, yes, follow Joey at Terrio326. He said it, and and you heard it. Even though he he denies it, he still said it that way. And then, of course, Johnny at J-Ball, not J-Baller, even though he is a baller. J-Ball, 0202. Follow the Scorecrow at... The Scorecrow, we don't scare you like Scarecrows do. The Crows, that is. We are, we keep score and we, well, we may, and if we don't, we eat crow. There we go. At the Scorecrow. <laughs> he is Joe Ricotta. He is Johnny Black. And this has been a great edition of the Tom Green Podcast.